0: Have you ever heard of transhumanism? What is it? And whatever it is, should we be concerned about? Welcome to The Creation Today Show. I'm your host, Eric Hovind. This show is designed to make disciples of all nations, and today we are doing that with you. Thank you guys for watching. To everybody out there on social media or on our television uh, stations or the podcast, we just want to say thank you for peeking into the Creation Today community. We are a group of people that are really just pooling our resources so that we can have a greater influence together than any of us have on our own. If you ever want to join our efforts, we welcome you. Simply come on over to creationtoday.org and sign up so that we together can be more and have a bigger impact than any of us can on our own. Uh, Hey to all the amazing partners on here. Rhonda, welcome. Ruth, welcome. Jeff, Gary, Uh, Becky, you guys are amazing. Everybody else, I just thank you guys. These conversations really do help strengthen my faith and help me understand more about God's word and God's world. You and I are definitely gonna have some questions for our guests today as we tackle the subject of transhumanism.
1: If we think the future of apologetics has to do with Islam and Greek papyrus and Canon 9 of the Vatican statement or something, I'm sorry, but we're wrong. We're no longer in the Walter Martin era of dealing with the kingdom of the cults something something new has emerged
0: welcome to the creation today show where we bring together
1: interviews with experts and solid bible teaching your host eric Hovind affirms the ultimate authority of god's word the truth of creation and why it matters to you
0: my guest has been studying transhumanism for several years now He says what's coming is scarier than anything he's ever dealt with before. And he deals with all aspects of apologetics, okay? He's seen a lot of stuff. He believes what's coming is scarier than all of it. He's the pastor of City View Church in Frisco, Texas. He's the founder of Red Grace Media. You can subscribe to his weekly podcast, Christ and Kingdom, and find amazing content on his website, redgracemedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome our friend, Pastor Emilio Ramirez. Hey, Pastor Ramirez, how you doing, sir?
1: Well, my my parents named me Ramos, but Ramirez is a nice name.
0: <laughs> I am thinking, what's funny you know is what? I'm reading my script, I have another guy in my mind right now that I've been thinking of, Ramos, who I'm thinking of, I get you and uh, Ramirez is the guy at Living Waters, <laughs> right? Because I always put you and Living Waters together, is, is Ramirez? I the don't know.
1: Who, I, I don't know. But now that Spanish I think about guy, it, right? well, I don't know. But now that I think about it, you and I hardly ever address each other by our last names. So that's okay. I know. I just
0: go with Emilio. No, Ramos. <laughs> no. My bad, dude. Ramirez is Living Waters guy, and you—that's okay, right.
1: right. He's a wonderful guy.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. He's <laughs> he's great. All right, that's the name that for some reason jumped into my mind when I was going through my script. There, going through my thoughts. Uh, you you stay busy uh you you've been part of some pretty amazing projects can you give us i just know i've seen you in some awesome uh for the gospel videos and things like that can you give our our listeners and our our viewers just a little bit of kind of what you what you've gotten to do with with your theology training and your your desire to see the word of god proclaimed to the world
1: yeah absolutely well first of all thanks for having me on brother it's a it's an honor to be on with you and uh Appreciate your ministry. Been watching your videos and uh, just seeing what you're doing, and it's very encouraging. So, thanks for having me on. But uh, yeah, very busy as always. I mean, obviously, um, pastoring is enough to keep anybody busy. Uh, But and right now, you know, I'm teaching uh, not only the Sunday, uh, but also Thursday. We just started a what we call church at the academy, which is a kind of interactive theology class and. Uh, we're meeting in a high school a christian high school actually and every room has a promethean board which is like a smart digital board so i'm actually using that to interact with the bible study and it's been just a ton of of fun and it's going to give me the ability to do quite a bit of stuff but yeah uh in addition to pastoring um also red grace media does keep me busy um i do a weekly show on red grace live on youtube and uh, that's always a lot of fun. Everything from theology to apologetics to what we're talking about today. Uh, Christ and Kingdom is a uh, is also a, a really great time. I do that with another pastor, the host uh, Mike Teeman, uh, for Christ and Kingdom podcast. And then, uh, you know, I'm always you're right. I'm always developing something. I'm always working on something. And I've been working on this issue of uh, transhumanism and AI for for quite a bit. But in the midst of all of that, I stay pretty busy for sure.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I, uh, I, some of our listeners will be familiar with um, your wife, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, oh, fish yeah. with Trish, Trish. was uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. was
0: kind of made popular with uh, yep. with Ray Comfort's series years ago. And uh, what a, I, I don't know. I just I think of what a powerhouse team you guys are to to use your lives and literally say, "Hey, our whole goal is uphold the Word of God. We want people to understand it. You teach theology. We want people to know it. We don't want just uh well let me just ask you how are we doing with biblical literacy in the in the world let, let's even go in the church today how are we doing
1: oh not very good it, not if you ask me um i think we've gone from beyond biblical literacy uh to literally anti-biblical literacy and anti-theology um and i think we're kind of reaping the whirlwind of Oh, I don't know how many decades you want to go back all the way back to the founding of the seeker sensitive movement and things like that, that kind of uh, takes Christianity in a much more deconstructed sort of postmodern kind of direction where, uh, you know, we have no sort of historical identity and things like that. And so, yeah, we're living in some pretty um, the evangelical, you know, sort of ethos right now is 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 kind of concerning for a lot of reasons. But there's also. There's also a lot of good things that are that are going on as well. Don't want to focus on everything uh, negatively. Yeah. I mean, I just I just recently attended a big conference, the G3 conference, and you know, there's eight thousand plus uh, people there. Many of them pastors, and uh, certainly a lot of good theology there, and uh, a lot of good uh, ministry coming out of uh, not not just G3, but the people that came there. Uh, and so, there, the God is definitely doing great things. And uh even in the midst of uh, of a biblically, you know, uh illiterate and 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 really sort of postmodern kind of church today.
0: I really want to get to transhumanism. Throw real quick some of the okay. the movies that you've been involved in and where people can find those. Can you do that yeah. real quick yeah. and then let's jump sure. on to transhumanism? Oh yeah,
1: sure. Well, you know, um I I actually got into filmmaking uh myself uh because I had an idea to put together uh a film with uh well Focus on the gospel. I realized that I, I, in my college uh, ministry here at UNT at University of North Texas, it was difficult to put a gospel presentation in the hands of these kids that I could just for free. I didn't have to buy it from anybody. I didn't have to, you know, send them to some website somewhere to buy it. Uh, And uh, and you know, I did. I put together a film called Unpopular, and that was with James White and Paul Washer, and the three of us basically presented the gospel. Uh, and that, that was kind of the beginnings of me getting involved in filmmaking and also being at different films. And so I've done a lot of stuff with, uh, American gospel television. Uh, I have a lot of content under that I produced, I edited, I've, you know, shot and filmed with a producer friend of mine. And, uh, and also I participated in the American gospel films, which have become very popular and, and have a really wide reach. So I want to continue some of that. I just, matter of fact, I just finished uh, a film just just finally finished uh, editing and it's done. We're just looking at production now or, or, or distribution. And it's a film with uh, an apologist by the name of Peter Jones. It also features Ken Ham and Steve Lawson. So I'm very excited about that film. I'm, I'm just waiting to see how we're going to distribute that.
0: I was thinking for the gospel, but American gospel—that's the one that that uh, is uh, you're with. Yeah, I just remember seeing it come up on on different places, and I, I when I watched episode one or the first one, I was just like, "Wow, this this needs to. Everybody needs to watch this." So, guys, uh, American gospel—make sure you guys go watch that. Okay, where are we at? What I, the the sub, when you think of transhumanism, I go. Hey, most people probably are like, I don't even know what that is. Why would I need, I, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, the grocery bill is going up with inflation. And what is transhumanism? Start. We're, we're, how do we dip our toe into this today? What, what do we, we got to do to get, get started in understanding this?
1: Well, I think um, we need to understand it uh, kind of at a, at a macro level first, uh, just to kind of get people's mind around it. Uh, comprehensively to understand when we say transhumanism, um, what we're talking about is a particular field of of scientific and uh, sort of uh, technological studies uh, that are focused on altering humanity and humans through the use of technology. That is the most basic way that we can describe what transhumanism is. They would say enhancing humans through technology. That's about as basic of a definition that we can give something like transhumanism. Uh, transhumanism, uh, according to one of the main proponents of transhumanism, being Max Moore. And Max Moore has defined it as a philosophy of life. And the reason he does that, of course, is because he sees transhumanism and ultimately posthumanism, which is another thing. Uh, but he sees that as a comprehensive reworking of humanity, uh, a, a going to humanity 2.0. And so he participates in a website like humanity plus, uh, which is basically a humanity 2.0 website that seeks to advance this notion that humans are going to be taken to the next level of evolution, uh, by accelerated evolution. And that acceleration is self-produced. Uh, we're no longer waiting around for the process of Darwinian evolution to take its to take its place. We're we're now sort of self-accelerating the process, and we're doing that, of course, by manipulating uh, man genetically and integrating man neurologically uh, in, in terms of your brain uh, to increasing amounts of technology in some kind of biosynthesis between man and machine. And uh, they see this as progress. They see this as innovation. They see this as the next step of our evolution. They see this as a movement rooted in post-enlightenment thinking and rationalism where, uh, you know, we are the measure of all things. And humanity doesn't need anything spiritual. Uh, Humanity does not need a soul or a spirit or definitely not God, uh, according to this entire movement. Uh, spiritual things in a sense are irrelevant uh, because technology can give us the answers. And so uh, that's kind of where I would start. And I would just say that people need to understand that uh, transhumanism is, is unique in that you have people from every religion, every background, every walk of life, every status of society coming together and converging on this one thing. That's what makes it unique. And in, in my opinion, that's why it presents such an existential threat, because it's not oh, if you were raised Muslim, then maybe you're going to fall into Islam. If you were raised in Utah, maybe you're Mormon okay, or something yeah. like that. Uh, this is this is transnational, transethnic. This is you know this is global, and um, there is uh, you know both a competition, a race, a uh, technological race but there's also global cooperability and that cooperation is global because much of transhumanist uh and and sort of this this explosion in artificial intelligence much of it is going to have to have to deal with um, economics and uh and things like banking and the financial system and and the global uh you know legal system of the world so there there has to be some sort of global cooperability. So those are just kind of some of the initial talking points to understand about transhumanism, along with the fact that there's there's key proponents. There are key thinkers in the field of transhumanism and AI that you need to know about.
0: So let me let me back up and go, okay. Some people would look at what we have with technology and say, what it doesn't we're already using technology to enhance our i'm already using i'm i'm using you know a technology right now that i remember watching star wars as a kid or star Trek as a kid i was a trekkie and and going no way a video phone call that would be like crazy like now that's of course that's no big deal that's over a decade old that's that's nothing and so while we're already using technology do we have it is the concern like, okay, where's the line? I mean, i am curious about that. I don't know where it's going. And I just know that we're gonna to get to the point where we have more and more of ourselves. We can already have like, you know, transplants of different technological things in us. And I've heard you talk talking to me say, hey, at some point, just so you know, Eric, we're gonna to have to define what is a human because that line is gonna get blurred. And that kind of threw me for a loop. I went, Are you serious? So Hit that real quick, and then let's talk about the players involved.
1: Yeah, I mean, many of the leading transhumanists would tell you that we are already transhuman uh, because of the use, especially of the of the smartphone. The smartphone changed everything. Um, it gives you uh, it gives you superpowers. It gives you radical knowledge extension, and it gives you radical abilities that you know, hundred years ago, were unthinkable. Uh, not just the ability to communicate, but the ability to know and the ability to be known because that is something that our technology is doing more and more and more of. It is not just giving us the ability to know, but it's it's actually knowing us. <laughs> it's actually modify it's actually customizing us in the sense that we are in a we're we're in a process of data harvesting where every aspect of our data uh, including our biology is being stored is being uh is being captured uh by what you do on the internet how you shop where you go uh your gps <laughs> history uh everything and there's a you know yuval noah harari calls this the the new data religion where data is the king uh, data is everything data is the new currency and so um you know but But you're right in pointing out that there are incipient forms of transhumanism. There are preliminary stages. And really, these two stages can kind of be divided into two main stages, which would be that technology is first and foremost external, and it is around us. You have an Alexa speaker or a ring doorbell, or you have, you know, uh, now Amazon just released their new in-house drone, where you can have a drone flying around your house. You control it with your phone, just like you control your ring doorbell. And it goes in every room. It looks around. It's got a camera and microphone, and it can go everywhere in your house. Make sure whatever your crockpot's working right or something. And uh, and and so this this ties into the whole notion of surveillance, you know, radical surveillance, loss of privacy, and things like that. But you know, external uh, external technology is everywhere. Um, everything from a smartwatch to a smart house to a smart car to a smart speaker. To you know, smart TVs, you know, all of that, our computers, our phones, and then there is, and that, and I would say, at that level, you really are dealing with um, a sort of a, a, a much more of a benign level of of transhumanist tech. Uh, but internal uh, type uh, transhumanist technology is the technology that goes inside of you, and that that really is kind of the next stage. That's where. That's where they're all sort of, um, you know, uh, they're they're hoping to go there next. Um, They're already doing it uh, in stages. Uh, Implantable technology is next. Uh, It's my belief, unless something really changes, that probably the next five to ten years, implantable technology will be everywhere. And it's not just going to be for sick people that are dealing with paralysis or something like that or some neurological disease. Uh, but it's going to be for uh, mainly for banking purposes, digital ID, passports, things like that. That's already happening in the UK. You already have uh, countries that are engaged in implantable technology. Uh, Elon Musk is kind of at the real cusp of developing implantable tech, everything from com- computer chips going in your hands to going in, into your brain. The people know about Neuralink now Um, and so external and internal technology, uh, is a transhumanist movement, part of the transhumanist movement and internal technology taken to the infinite degree, according to, uh, many leading transhumanists, especially like Ray Kurzweil, who would say that the holy grail of implantable technology is nanotechnology. And nanotechnology will be microscopic robotic technology inside of your bloodstream, inside of your set, you know, at the cellular level, uh, able to modify uh, your body. And he goes so far uh, in one of his, um, in one of his first things that he ever wrote, uh, Ray Kurzweil, a book called The Age of Spiritual Machines, where he talks about that through nanotechnology, you know, he hopes that one day we'll be able to change our bodies at will. And so that we can, if we desire, we can become androgynous. We can go between male and female if we'd like. Uh, you know, these kind of projections that from the Christian worldview we would consider to be sick and demented and twisted, they see this as ultimate innovation and progress and unlimited, or as Max Moore calls it, unbounded uh knowledge and progress. And uh and and so that that's that's what we need to think about is transhumanism that is sort of benign, external, uh, it's still, you know, the word technology comes from techne, and techne is the Greek word, it just means tool or craft. And so long as technology is a tool, uh, it can have helpful applications. Um, you know, as I've told people, there's nothing evil about technology. It is, an, it, in a sense, it, it's not given to moral categories it's what you do with the technology that matters. The same, the same basic technology that built the temple of God is the same basic technology that built the Tower of Babel. And what, what mattered was the worldview behind it, right? Are we using technology for medicinal purposes to truly alleviate suffering and things like that? Or are we using uh, technology to come up with an entirely new worldview? That remains to be seen.
0: I want to get to the players, but already my mind is going, okay, I, I can see, maybe I've just watched too much sci-fi. If everything here is patented and protected technology, and this is external, okay, what happens when they start putting patented technology internal or at a genetic level? Like, would they literally, <laughs> don't don't that make me sound, I, maybe this sounds weird, but I'm like, could they kind of own a part of your children eventually, or hey, you need to, you know, I think of crazy movies like uh, uh, there was one where they went and had re reharvested, you know, organs and stuff like that, and oh, uh, you, you couldn't make your payment, so we're going to reharvest that organ, and I'm like, some some crazy thoughts. Right? Is that what concerns you, or is it like where where is the concern coming from as technology increases and we go more into quote transhumanism?
1: Well I, I think the concern has to come at the very beginning. If you read um, if you read the Transhumanist Reader, which is a book by Max Moore and his wife, uh, Natasha Vita Moore, uh, the transhumanist reader begins with an article by Max Moore, wherein he states that transhumanism is a philosophy. And that's where we need to be concerned is it's a philosophy. Well, what kind of philosophy is it? Um, you know, I, I don't know that the last time you went to a doctor, He'd be willing to tell you, I'm a philosopher, <laughs> right? I thought you were a doctor, right? Um, or again, when was the last time in our minds that we thought we 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 talked about a scientist or a physicist or somebody a developer a programmer that is a philosopher? But that's exactly what's necessary in order for you to begin to go down the path of reimagining humanity altogether, reimagining um, you know a world where. According to, according to Max Moore in the transhumanist community, human beings will be only one, one of the sentient beings on earth pretty soon, according to them, pretty soon. And that we, we may in fact be very, very, uh, a very, very ma- minute community of sentient, aware, conscious things on this earth that really computers and ultimately AI-generated robots will be the superior primary thinkers on the planet. And the energy behind that, and that's why AI is so important, the energy behind that is everywhere. It's it's uh, it's euphoric, uh, religious, spiritual zeal on behalf of these transhumanists that that they imagine a future in which humans play only a small part of that future. Um, some post-humanists believe inevitably humans will not play a part in that future. Uh, men like Hans Marovitch that believe, in fact, that uh, super-intelligent robots will essentially leave us behind and take the universe and the cosmos to the next stage of evolution, and that we as humans need to be grateful for that, that we participated, in giving birth to what he calls mind children, the children of our mind, and that we gave birth to these super intelligent sentients, and they will leave us behind. So a lot of the sci-fi films that we watch and stuff, Eric, uh, I'm convinced, not only do I know for a fact, that they're based on scientific papers by Marvin Minsky and Ray Kurzweil and the early transhumanists and things like that, but also that they're they're really sort of predictive programming models to get society to embrace the tech. I've done a lot of work in this whole idea of how are we going to get society to embrace this because on the face of it, it sounds so radical. It sounds kind of scary. Uh, people have visions of antichrist and mark of the beast, and and people begin to be put off by this kind of technology. Well, you know the there, there's what I would call miracle tech, and when technology gets to that level where it's seemingly performing miracles and able to cure diseases and and really do some amazing things that are going to blow your mind, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge to tell people that this technology is bad for you when it cured your kid from yes. leukemia or whatever, uh, and that's what I call you know miracle tech and messianic tech messianic tech is a play on words obviously but it's my attempt to say at some point if things keep accelerating the technology is going to be self-authenticating and so I'm I'm at I'm at the place where I believe technology will not just be embraced by the population they'll kill you for it
0: okay that definitely uh paints a picture of a scary world and some of the things that you're seeing who who is involved man? I got just a couple minutes can you can you give us a couple players and then we'll keep going with the uh, with our creation today partners uh give, give me give me two to three minutes on some of the players that are out there the the, the leaders of this
1: yeah i think the most important one is ray Kurzweil. as i've been able to see there are others max moore is very important as well nick bostrom um you know hans Marovitch in the area of robotics teaches at carnegie at least he did uh, last I checked, he's written a couple of very important books on robotics. Um, but but Ray Kurzweil has become sort of the poster boy for a, sort of a deep transhumanist uh, uh, kind of philosophy and worldview. And his his book, The Age of Spiritual Machines, and The Singularity is Near. Those two books are very important. Now, granted, guys, this is the reason this field is so difficult to some degree is. It's, 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 it's difficult because we, in our, in our apologetics, we have to be prepared to transition that we're no longer studying a world religion where there's a founder and there's a geographical connection and there's a a, a house of worship or something like that. Right. And there's a holy book or something that they're claiming. Right. But this is, this is totally different. These, the walls have fallen down and it it has expanded out to be something much more radical. And so, we have to be prepared to read books that we never thought we were going to have to read, books on computer programming and 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 the history of technology and things like that to understand what are the key landmarks and what are the key prophecies that these people are making and where is the technology going? What are the key timestamps that they have? Ray Kurzweil is really important because I think as far as I can tell right now the transhumanist community is abiding by Ray Kurzweil's timeline of 2030, 2045 and 2099 and by 2045 according to Kurzweil we will reach the singularity and the singularity is that point in time in which technology will be a million times smarter than we are and it will absolutely uh present an unpredictable future for humanity because when we're no longer the smartest things on the planet how can you predict what comes next projections go out the window and also by 2045 according to uh rick Kurzweil, we will have the ability to achieve radical life extension where we can basically uh give ourselves a natural life uh by replacing organs by injecting ourselves with uh you know a, you know robotics and and things like wow. that at the miniature level and just to be really clear, because I know you have two different audiences, I don't believe that much of the futurist idea is going to come to pass. So I don't actually believe that this will happen, that we'll achieve humanity 2.0, that we're going to create some sort of chimeric abomination of a half man, half machine type of thing. I, I, I personally believe it won't happen, but I do believe it's going to be a mess on the way there. And we are going to see shocking uh, technology.
0: So real quick, put this in a Christian worldview framework. Um, so we believe as Christians, really what we're doing is this is this is God versus Satan. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against, you know, the, the, the robots that they're going to put in. It's spiritual wickedness in high places, kind of with that lens. Talk real quick about that, through that lens, and help me see it that way, and then i got to let our social media go.
1: Yeah, these people are not neutral. Uh, they have a worldview, and that worldview is fundamentally Antichrist. They have no regard for God. Yuval Noah Harari says, we don't need to wait for the return of Jesus for eternal life. He says, a, a few geeks in the lab can do it. Wow. They have no regard for God or the Christian worldview whatsoever, They, other than maybe to mock christianity um they just see that um you know they they just see it as there's no end to progress and with technology at our fingertips there's nothing that we can do uh you know amazing right but that's kind of what you see in the tower of babel god says look unless he comes down and confounds these people what does it say nothing that they purpose will be impossible for them it's almost as if if god were to just let them keep going they could create the kind of world they want, and and that could be possible uh, in in this area that if God were to allow this technology to keep advancing, um, there's no telling in 100 years, 200 years from now, because we're no longer in the same historical pattern of technology. We're not doubling technology or accelerating technology in the same rate that we were even 100 years ago we've entered into exponential growth of technology. So technology now is advancing, not by uh, a few steps at a time or doubling your steps, but exponential growth. So we'll go from having a a pager. (laughs) Remember remember the the status symbol used to have, they have a beeper in your pocket. (laughs) Kids won't know what we're talking about, but you used to have a pager or beeper, right? And then we went like that for a couple of decades. And all of a sudden, uh, boom! Out of nowhere, we had a supercomputer in our pocket. I call it the the crystal oracle, right? That we all carry around in our pocket, and and that's an example of exponential growth, where we went leaps and we didn't create a hundred iterations of a smarter pager. We went from eventually a flip phone or a pager to a supercomputer in our pocket. So that's the kind of technological growth that we're heading to, and so i think the next example of that is definitely going to be in the area of implantables and it's definitely going to be in the area of robotics those are the two big ones and all of it undergirded by ai artificial intelligence that works on three different levels of intelligence but maybe we can get to that
0: i was going to say so that leads right into what and gary's already going you know where i want to this gary i want to get into your question here in just a second can Can an AI supercomputer, can it generate original thoughts or is it only the programmers? Is the programming why we need to worry about this? But I got to let our social media go. I let them hang out a little extra today. Uh, Hey, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Rumble. Uh, By the way, welcome to all our Rumble people out there that are uh, starting to watch on Rumble. We appreciate that. Uh, And to our television audience and podcast audience, thank you guys for peeking into the Creation Today community. We really do want to disciple this world and uh, be... Be, be people that are helping disciple the nations, do exactly what God has called us to do. If you're on board with that mission and you want to join us to help us accomplish that mission, come on over to creationtoday.org. Uh, after you get off this, after I kick you guys off, I need you to go to redgracemedia.com. Redgracemedia.com. It'll be in the chat right there for you. Check out redgracemedia.com. Uh, in, so much good uh, content uh, that, that you've produced Emilio, it's like I don't, you do a great job and it's just you got that class about you that just like sets it up. So thank you for producing such great content and doing it at such a nice level. So please go to redgracemedia.com, uh, sign up to get his updates, things like that, and absorb the content. You've got a section on there specifically going through this material, talking through some of these thoughts, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's called the new apologetics. And in uh, and, and matter of fact, I mean, you can go to redgracemedia.com, you can go to Red Grace Media YouTube and look for the playlist on the new Apologetics, about 10 hours of material uh, that deals not just with the technology itself, but kind of the the worldview implications of all of it, uh, everything from the philosophy and the morality and the spirituality that comes from all of it. So uh, yeah, about 10 hours of material there on the new Apologetics.
0: And you do need to know this. I mean, when the leaders are saying we're going to have to invent a new religion to replace all religions, this is something you need to be familiar with and understand. Okay, and that's what they are literally saying. They're literally saying that's what we need to do. So, please uh, get over there and get 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 in contact with Emilio and and make sure you're learning this content, digesting it, and making it part of your worldview to watch to watch out for. Is that kind of a good way to say that?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I think um there's a sense in which it's transcending the religions and it's uniting uh all people globally uh to have to be in some kind of symbiotic relationship with technology, whether you like it or not. This is what I call pressure points. And all throughout the transhumanist literature, stacks of books that I can refer you to. I've created a a a list of codes. That will interpret the books in terms of what they're doing at that point in the book, whether they're giving you historical landmarks, whether they're making prophecies of the future, or whether they're giving you a pressure point of telling you that the, that something is coming that will force humanity into some into some next phase or into some way of life or some view of life. Um, and and you know one of the big pressure points that's going to come, of course. Is going to come through a digital economy and as we sort of steamroll into the future if god allows it it, it seems inevitable at this point that we're heading towards a uh, a, a digital or a, a central banking digital currency and a digital identity and that seems to be uh that seems to be coming fast and furious nothing is stopping it right now several countries have already advocated or have already declared openly that the the central banking digital currency is their future that's what they're going to russia uh israel australia uk um they're saying this is our future we're all heading to the cbdc uh technology and of course that technology is designed to go under your skin and so okay
0: we gotta we gotta stop right there i gotta get let them go guys next week join me right here live at noon i'm always loving these great conversations Uh, i want to talk a little bit about the bible and how you you can't make this up okay it's it's there's no way this was made up so to all get your skeptic friends to come watch next week as well say hey listen we're going to go into the bible you can't make this up it is not a made-up book and uh, talk about some of the apologetics behind the Bible. Looking forward to seeing you right there. Until then, come on over uh, to creationtoday.org or go to redgracemedia.com. Sign up for uh, Emilio's information that he puts out there. Go check out his YouTube channel. And before next week, share the gospel with someone. Make sure you're doing that, okay? God bless. Look forward to seeing you guys next week.